You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you hear that, you know you're either at Mercedes-Benz Stadium or, of more importance, you're listening to the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Robertson, of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Atlanta United will host Charlotte on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The FS1 broadcast will begin at 4.30 p.m. Or you can follow my live coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. I'm sorry if I sound a little snotty today, not my usual emotional snotty, but just uh, physically snotty because the pollen is here and it is affecting me and I don't like it. So I apologize if my voice doesn't sound as beautiful and melodious as it typically does. My producer, Jay Black, can only do so much with so little. So this will be the first meeting between these two teams on Sunday. Charlotte is, of course, an expansion team. Atlanta United, of course, is not. Atlanta United already has three trophies, uh, four if you count the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. Charlotte has only played two games, has yet to win one, has yet to score in one. But you're going to hear a lot on the FS1 broadcast about the potential for this to become a rivalry. Why could it be a rivalry? Well... There are a few reasons. Uh, I've written some of them in the story that you'll see in Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which I hope you'll subscribe to, or on my Twitter feed. But Charlotte is the closest city to Atlanta geographically by about five miles compared to Nashville. The two teams are owned by billionaires who also own the NFL teams in their cities. They both play in stadiums that host NFL teams. Their color palettes are the same as their NFL teams. There are mega corporations headquartered in both cities that are direct rivals, Home Depot and Lowe's, Coke and Pepsi. Charlotte has long wanted to be the next Atlanta since I was living in Morganton, North Carolina, and my first job back in 1992. I can remember the headlines, what does Charlotte need to do to become the next Atlanta? Well, it's not, and it won't be, and that's just fine. Just be Charlotte. That's all you've got to worry about. Same for the soccer teams. Just be Charlotte. Let Atlanta United be Atlanta United and play some games, and then we can figure out if it's a rivalry or not. So, I wanted to ask a few of the players and Gonzalo Pineda if he thought this was a rivalry, or if they thought this was a rivalry, and here you go. Is it a rivalry? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I gotta be careful how I answer this. This is gonna be like headlines. Again, that's 
those those are questions for you guys to, to determine and, and establish. For us, it's a, it's a it's a game that we obviously want to bounce back from the Colorado game um, and get three important points. Um, same question I asked Brad. It's going to sound silly, but is this a rivalry, Atlanta Charlotte? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what Brad said, but I mean, for us, every every match is important, obviously, right? And with these new franchises coming and the close we are from Charlotte, and, and you know, they beating the record of attendance in a game. I mean, I mean, hopefully, with time, it can feel as a rivalry. It can feel as as as, as a rival in a good fashion, in a just competitive on the field fashion, and uh, and it can feel like that. At the moment, I would say it's false to say it's a rival uh, rivalry because we never faced them before. Yeah, they kind of pointed their metaphorical finger at Atlanta United about trying to be better than y'all attendance records and knock you off the perch. Does that matter at all to you? No, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know if their stadium capacity is more than ours. That's nothing yes. we can do. So <laughs> I think we're just focused on the results on the field. MLS and, and Charlotte, to a degree, are trying to pump this up into a rivalry because they're you know one state up. Uh, but y'all haven't even played a game. Can this be a rivalry when you haven't even played? I don't know how to say, but you know, because of, because of the place we are living both both uh, club, I think should be a derby. But I don't know. We will play the first one and we will see. <laughs> so that was Brad Guzan, Gonzalo Pineda, George Campbell, and Ronald Hernandez. And I think their answers are fair and accurate. You have to play some games. There has to be something at stake for this to become a rivalry. That's why... For my money right now, Atlanta United Red Bulls is developing into a rivalry because they have played with things on the line, playoffs, etc. Atlanta United NYCFC, a little bit of a rivalry. Atlanta United Orlando is a fun series, not yet a rivalry because they haven't, there hasn't been anything major at stake yet. Um, Atlanta United Nashville, when Nashville comes back to the East, I hope that could become a rivalry. I would love for these things over time, hopefully within my lifetime, to become as fervent and as fun as some of the biggest rivalries in club soccer in the world, a Liverpool-Everton, a Manchester City-Manchester United. But it doesn't happen in five years. It doesn't happen in 10 years. It takes years and years and years. It takes families splitting sides. It takes coworkers splitting sides. It, it takes a passionate interest in the clubs. It it takes a lot of things that MLS is developing right now and that, that will happen, but they're just not here yet. And that is okay because the league is not even 30 years old yet. Atlanta United only started playing in 2017. Charlotte has just two games. It's going to happen, but just everyone's got to breathe. Just give it time and let's see what happens, okay? Also in this podcast, we're going to have mailbag a few questions from y'all and i appreciate it um there's some news uh yesterday and today with the club uh good news for the club this is just good news in general for humankind i think midfielder ozzy alonso who was a late scratch uh, for the colorado game last week which atlanta united lost three to nothing um in consultation with an mls cardiologist an atlanta united cardiologist and an independent cardiologist who is a sports specialist all gave him the clearance to return and the clearance to play. So he is eligible to be selected and play on Sunday. Alonzo played very, very well in the opening game, a 3-1 win against Kansas City. Missed the next game. Atlanta United lost 
George Campbell was pressed into play defensive midfielder. He's normally a center back. I thought he played well. It's a tough ask, but he did the job. So Alonzo came back. And then perhaps, potentially bigger than Alonzo's return, is Tiago Almada, who has been in Argentina for a month working on his visa. Touchdown in Atlanta on Thursday. Went through an individual training session at the facility in Marietta. Trained with the team today. And Gonzalo Pineda said that he is fit. So here first is Pineda talking about Ozzy Alonso's influence. First of all, we were concerned about his health, and that's why we we prefer to wait until we check everything. And I think it's very good for us. The mood of the team changed dramatically once he was here, and that's good. He's been training with us two days, and now, I mean, he's fully reintegrated into the team. And here's Pineda talking about Diego Almada, the designated player signed by the team. He's yet to play but could see some time, I think, on Sunday. He's fit. He's been training uh, in Argentina, and we were just desperately waiting for the visas with the three of them, with Ibarra, Santi, and, and Tiago. And now the three are back in the team. And Tiago specifically, I mean, he, he looked good today. Uh, we're very, very happy about his reintegration to the team. Just to clarify, it wasn't visas for all three players. It was green cards for Santiago Sosa and Franco Abara who is not cleared to play. He's still dealing with an injury. And the visa for Diego Almada. All those are, are taken care of now. Um, Sosa might be able to play on Sunday. He has been training for the past few days, but you have to remember he missed the entire preseason recovering from off-season groin surgery. Marcelino Moreno, club president Darren Eels, said earlier this week to the uh, its radio partner, they hope he's working toward playing 90 minutes on Sunday. Pineda kind of, I think, poo-pooed that a little bit because Moreno also missed almost all of the preseason. He was able to participate in the first week until he got stepped on, is the only description we've gotten, and then missed the subsequent weeks. He has played a little bit off the bench, played fairly well. Uh, the team needs somebody who can create something in the middle of the field. Mateus Ozetu has done a, a pretty good job, but he still lacks that instinct. They need someone like a Moreno who can split passes, or even a Jake Moraney whose speed running at defenses can do something there. And then they need to get some deliveries coming in from the left and the right wings, whether it's Tyler Wolf, whether it's Almada, whether it's Brooks Lynn, whether it's Tom Dwyer, to give Joseph Martinez some service because he has been starved of service. His expected goals are just awful right now. If you put them together, they don't even total point one. I think. Um, he's got to get off the schneid and score for his confidence, for the team's confidence, because as Joseph goes, so goes Atlanta United. Charlotte as I said, has not scored in its first two games, hasn't won its first two games. It lost at D.C. United. It did score a goal, but it was called back for offside. Didn't score in its next game. It's, um, it's, it's a team that, that, frankly, it got an extra year to prepare. This team was supposed to come online last year with just a one-year ramp, and that was just an impossible situation for owner David Tepper and his front office. They got the extra year because of COVID, it seems like you don't want to say they've wasted the year, but they haven't fully taken advantage of it. The roster still is under construction. It still lacks a lot of quality. It just signed a DP for the first, I think the, its first DP. Does it have a training ground? It's, it's, it's an okay team, but I think you're going to see as the season progresses, if they don't start getting stronger players, it's really going to suffer. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as Cincinnati, but it could be comparable. So let's hope it doesn't. You want to see every team, you know, have the strongest possible roster so you can have the strongest possible season. 
but we're going to see what happens. The player to watch out for, Charlotte Christian Fuchs, uh, former Leicester City player, former Premier League winner there. He kind of makes them go. Uh, they've also got Ben Bender, the uh, number one draft pick in the Super Draft. He's looked okay so far. He's a player to watch. Uh, Brad Guzan talked about how they're able to change their shape pretty fluidly within games, so that's something Atlanta United has to watch out for so that there's not uh, space that uh, Charlotte is finding that Atlanta United hasn't covered. So we're going to uh, toss to a break really quick and come back with a mailbag. As I take a sip of coffee here, this is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. And we're back. That was good coffee. Before I get into the mailbag, I want to remind y'all that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this here podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now, subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. $2.30 a week. That's nothing. Nothing. It's half of a cup of coffee. It's a cheeseburger at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a lottery ticket. It's one gallon of gas. There you go, Jay Black. It's one gallon of gas. Actually, it's a half a gallon. It's a half a gallon of gas. Come on, Jay. Jay's not a math major, uh, so cut him some slack. All right, I'm going to take one more sip of coffee, and we're going to get in the mailbag. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. All right, Ben says, good morning, Doug. Well, good afternoon now, Ben. I hope you're enjoying a good cup of coffee. I am. A mix from 4 a.m. Roasters down the street here in Carrollton, one of my favorite places to go in our beautiful little city. After watching Champions League this week, I noticed each team had a defined plan of attack. I have yet to see this under Pineda. Is it Pineda's coaching ability or are the players we have just not able to execute a tactical plan? All right, I'll be honest with you, Ben. I don't think this is a very fair question. The team has had Luis Araujo on the field for less than one or 26 minutes, basically, in the first game. Hasn't had Diego Almada. Joseph Martinez hasn't had service. You've had players playing out of position. You have players who didn't play a lot last year being starters. Give Pineda a little bit of time with the strongest roster. I think you do actually see some patterns of attack. It's just the team isn't able to execute them right now because it needs more time, a little bit more talent. So let's see what happens against Charlotte here on Sunday and then see what happens next week when he should have Almeida available to start, Moreno available to start, 
Sosa available to start, etc. Will says from the Twitters, Hey Doug, I enjoy the podcast. Well, thanks, Will. Sometimes it seems like rivalries are a bit forced, like with Nashville. When other times it's naturally generated like with Orlando. Well, obviously you've already heard my comments on that. Obviously they have to play, they've yet to play, but how do you see Charlotte in terms of a rivalry with Atlanta United? I don't, yet. As I covered, I think it can be. I think it could become a fantastic rivalry, but you need to probably get back with me in like 2030 and see if the teams have actually met in the playoffs, met in the U.S. Open Cup, met with a supporter shield on the line, met with a winning streak on the line, met with some sort of fantastic record on the line, something like that. And then we can call it a rivalry. It's okay to say it's fun. It's okay to say it's a fun series. It's okay to, if you want to call Charlotte a rival, but I don't think it's a rivalry. And that's just my take, and that is okay. We can agree to disagree. Hudson says, what are the odds that Diego Almada will start be subbed in in the match on Sunday? I don't think he's going to start. I've been wrong many, many times before. I do think you'll see him come off the bench. I think that it would be good for him to get his first minutes at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of however many people, 45, 46,000 people will be there. Um, it'd be good for the fans to see him. No one's got to see him live yet uh, in an Atlanta United uniform. His previous appearance was in a friendly in Mexico against um, uh, Chivas, and he played well. He put the team's, I think, only shot on goal, created really its only chance in the first half before he was subbed off. So I think you'll see him on Sunday and watching him in shooting drills today after training. He was pounding the ball. He was peppering corners. It was a lot of fun. Coffee sip. All right. This is our final question, and I think this is a really interesting question. And I'm not going to give a mathematical answer because I just don't know how to figure it out. But Jonathan says, what percentage of games do you think think all three DPs will be on the field together? So that would be Joseph Martinez, Luis Araujo, and Diego Almada. This has been a very low percentage in the past. So we know that Araujo is going to miss this game, the next game, the next game, and likely the next game. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses three or four more games after that. Hamstrings, you don't mess around with. They've got to be 100% right or you risk just re-injuring the same thing and then you're out for twice as long. So it's a 34-game season. Atlanta United has already played two games. Let's say that Araujo misses five to six more games. So I think if you can see Pineda, Araujo, and Almada playing 20 games together this season for various reasons. I think that is a, a pretty good target to try to hit. Just, you know, sometimes a guy might need a rest, particularly when we get to midweek games near the end of the season. Um, Call-ups, just injuries, little knocks, things like that. But I think 20 is probably a good target. And if they can get them on the field for 20 games together, I think Atlanta United should easily qualify for the playoffs. All right, I'm going to see if we have any more questions really quick. I don't see any. I want to remind y'all of the promo that I read to you just a few minutes ago. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we're also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash UTD scarf. And before I go, I wanted to say, give a special message to a journalist who is uh, traveled here from London 
Chris, um, or not from London, I'm sorry, from in between Manchester United and Liverpool. His first time in the U.S., got to meet him at the training ground today. Some of you probably follow him on Twitter. He's going to be out walking about the stadium, around the stadium Sunday morning or afternoon. Uh, if you see him, uh, give him some love. He's a good guy. He works his butt off, does a fantastic job covering MLS from England. And as always, I hope you'll consider, please, consuming the content produced by everybody else who covers Atlanta United and Major League Soccer. As I've said before, for a lot of these guys, it's a, it's a true labor of love, not a lot of money, um, and they spend a lot of time and do a fantastic job. So please consider consuming across all platforms, including the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, my employer. This is Doug Robertson. This is Southern Fried Soccer. The Atlanta United will host Charlotte on Sunday. The FS1 broadcast will begin at 4.30 p.m. You can follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Y'all take care. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.